If you would, turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to be reading in verse 17. And y'all kind of bear with me tonight. This is going to be... It may take a a few minutes to kind of get across my point, but uh, just bear with me because there's something good for us here. It's something that I believe will encourage us. It seems like sometimes we have a few messages where all we do is get kind of beat up on, but you know, every now and then God's got a good word for you too. It's not all gloom and doom. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 17. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now turn over to Romans chapter 4 and verse 13. should be back just a little bit. Romans chapter 4 verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, what I want to talk to you tonight about is this inheritance that we have as Christians. And what I really want to focus on is not really what the inheritance is, but how we come by this inheritance. <clears throat> you know, I look at Abraham a lot of times. He's, he's a pretty big figure in the Bible. There's, you can find references about Abraham all the way through it, if you look. But the big thing about Abraham is that God made a promise to him. You know, and and he made lots of promises to Abraham. We can't just pin it down to one thing. But what God told Abraham is that he was going to give him this land that he showed him. But he also told him that your seed would just be innumerable. You won't be able to to count the number of, of offspring that come from you. He wasn't talking about his direct children, but he was talking about what was going to happen through the seed of Abraham. And through that came Jesus Christ. And because of that, all of us that are not of that particular race, all of us that do not come from uh, Jewish descent, can come into that family. We can be made heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, as the Word tells us. So what I want to tell you tonight is that we're blessed because we don't have to worry about earning our salvation. The scripture that we first read is talking about, it's comparing the law to a promise. Now you know this promise was made to Abraham before the law was given. And what this scripture tells us is that 
that law that was given after the promise was made to Abraham didn't do away with that promise. It didn't take its place. You know, in some of the commentary I was reading, it was saying that uh, when two people enter into a, a peace treaty, they cannot make laws after they have entered into this peace treaty that contradict that treaty if they want to stay in it. Now that kind of gets kind of technical. I'm not trying to get into all the politics stuff. What I'm trying to show you though is that God gave the law after He made this promise to Abraham. Now, I don't know about the God you serve, but the God I serve is nothing but truth. There's no deception in Him. And when He makes a promise... He's not going to do something later on that's going to go against that promise. Amen. So what, what, this, what this tells us tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm building up to a point here. What I want you to see is that because, because there is law, we don't have to worry about that law. Now, I'm not trying to tell y'all y'all can go live your life any way you want to. What I'm trying to tell you is that there is a promise that was given. This promise is, is where our salvation comes from. Our salvation does not come from the law. Now, what does that mean? What does that, what does that do for me? What that does is it gives you freedom. It gives you liberty. You're not in bondage not only to the things of this world like we talked about this morning, but you're not in bondage to law either. Oh man, that's good to know. <clears throat> you look at the people in the Old Testament that, that went through all these rituals. They went through all these things to try to adhere to what the law said they had to do. But you know what? We talked about the price that Jesus paid this morning. Once I have accepted what Jesus did, my worrying about all that is done. I don't have to worry about my salvation. I don't have to worry about adhering to this law that was given to earn my salvation. Because it can't be done. That law was perfect. But we're not. We, we talked a couple weeks ago about a scripture in James that says that you can adhere to every point of the law except one, and you might as well have not adhere to any of it. And that's, that's the bad thing about the law. God gave it. It's perfect. But we can't live up to it. But we don't have to worry about living up to it. <coughs> I want you to see there in Romans chapter 4, verse 13. Sometimes it's kind of hard to understand Paul. He kind of, he'll put three or four sentences in one, and it's just hard to understand what he's saying. But the basic meaning of that verse is that the promise to Abraham had nothing to do with the law. The promise to his seed had nothing to do with the law either. Even though his seed came about after the law was given, 
It didn't matter because the promise had already been made. So we're free from that because of what Jesus did on the cross. Now those people that lived between that time, well, they had it tough. But you know, my word tells me that even though they died, even though they never were able to see the fulfillment of that promise, Jesus went and preached to them. Jesus went into the pits of hell and gave them the opportunity to believe. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about that belief. Turn over to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read a little bit about Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, and we'll just start in verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make make of thee a great nation, I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed." Now, I want you all to look at these next three words. So Abram departed. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed out of Haran. Now, why are those words important? God told him what to do. What was the next thing? Abram departed. God told him, depart, get out of this place, and Abram did it. You know what that tells me about Abram, or later would be called Abraham? It tells me that he believed God. And the Word tells us that. It tells us, let me see if I have it wrote down where it's at. I must have missed it. Anyway, there's a... There's several places that you can... It's not just one place. That's probably why I didn't write it down. There's several places you can find in the Word that it says, Abraham Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. He didn't sit around and think about it. You know, Brother Jack touched this a couple times in Sunday school this morning. He didn't pray and fast and, and do all this stuff. God told him what to do. He got up and did it. That kind of goes to that childlike faith that Jesus told us, told us about. You just, you just take God at His Word. You don't ask Him a bunch of questions and say, God, are you sure this is the right thing to do? You just take Him at His Word. When God tells you to do it, you just do it. You know, that, that seems awful easy. But this word in Genesis here, the scripture uh, talking about Abraham, it doesn't ever talk about Abraham's obedience to the law. There was no law yet. The law hadn't been given. But what it talks about is how Abraham believed God. It talks about how when God made a promise to him, he believed it. 
sometimes we get so bogged down in trying to make sure that we're not doing what we're not supposed to do, that we don't do what we, we, what we are supposed to do. We're so worried about what that law says about thou shalt not do this and that. When we're, we get so tied up in that that we don't have time to focus on what God wants us to do. But what I'm trying to tell you tonight is you can just forget about all that. If you get to the place where you're focused on what God wants you to do, all of those you should not will take care of themselves. If you're doing nothing but walking in the Spirit and following God's guidance and direction, you won't have to worry about, am I doing something I shouldn't be doing? You don't have, you ain't, your mind is not in that place anymore. Your heart is focused on the one true God. Now, what I want y'all to understand tonight, the thing I'm really trying to get across to you is the freedom we have in serving God. It's not always easy, but everybody else in this world is worrying about making sure they're not doing something to get in trouble. Talking about the law of this world. But as a child of God, I don't have to worry about it. I'm free. I don't have to worry about, is the next thing I do going to put me in hell? I'm free from all that. I'm free from it. Understand that tonight. I'm free from it. That, that, is, that should be uplifting to you right now. You ought to say that my God is good because He gave me that freedom. Because He provided something for me that nobody in this world could do. They can't do that for you in this world. They may tell you that, well, yeah, you're free because you're not in prison. <clears throat> but what happens if you get out there and you speed? They're going to write you a ticket. That's not freedom. Freedom is knowing that there are no consequences for living that kind of life. I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I don't have to worry about consequences that I'm going to have to face because I know who my Savior is. I know what He did for me. I know the freedom that I have. I've tasted it. You know, we talked this morning a little bit about bondage. But thank God, we don't have to sit there in bondage. He gave us a way. He gave us a way to, to just live a life of liberty and freedom and, and to not be concerned about how we're going <clears> to <throat> do things tomorrow. I don't have to worry about, I just slipped up and said the wrong thing to somebody, and if I don't repent and I die in a car wreck on the way home, Oh, I'm gonna go to I don't have to worry about that stuff. Now I'm not trying to tell y'all that you shouldn't be concerned about sin in your life. You should be, because it will divide you from God. It'll separate you. I'm just trying to tell you that <laughs> it doesn't matter if I, if I sin, I can just go to my father and say, God, forgive me for that. 
I didn't do it because I wanted to. I did it because I just I didn't hold this thing down the way I ought to. I hadn't spent enough time with you. Just forgive me of it, Lord. And it's gone. It's forgotten. That That's freedom. To know that all I have to do is ask God to forgive me. And it's gone. It's forgotten. It, to Him, it's like it never happened. The Word tells us about this sea of forgetfulness. The things that we do and we repent for, they're separated from us. As far as the east is from the west, that's freedom. That's liberty. That's knowing that I don't care what happens tomorrow or the next week or next year. I know when I leave this earth, there's no consequences because I know who my Savior is. I know who I am in Christ. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed. There won't be any punishment there. That's freedom. Our salvation and rewards don't hinge on how closely we follow the law. Understand that. That promise is where our salvation and rewards are based. They're not based in the law. You know, I, was, I used to be a youth pastor and I was talking to some kids one time. And I don't remember how we got on the topic, but this girl made a statement that said, I think I asked them, are you ready to go to heaven? If you die tomorrow, would you be ready? And she said, I hope so. And I said, what do you mean you hope so? You better know so. And she said, well, I hope I'm good enough. I said, well, hold on, hold on. You obviously have mistakenly taken the assumption that how good you are has something to do with your salvation. And she looked at me like I was crazy. She said, what do you mean? And I said, how good you are has nothing to do with whether you get to heaven. If that was the case, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. You could do it on your own. And it just went over her head like she she didn't understand. And it didn't get through to her. I know it didn't. But the point is, it don't matter how good you are. It matters how good He was. It matters how good He is. And my Word tells me that He is good and His mercy endures forever. So we only need to take God at His Word. And move on from there. We don't have to be bogged down with worrying about, am I doing everything I can to adhere to this law? No, God God made promises. He told us that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. He told us that there will be rewards for the things we do when we get to heaven. Now, Not doing things the right way may hinder your reward, but it's not going to bring on additional punishment. 
That's freedom. We just we need to live in that freedom. We can forget about all this condemnation that Satan wants to bring against you. Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't go around accusing people that are not children of God. He doesn't have to. He accuses you because he's trying to trick you. He's trying to make you think that the things you do have some kind of impact on your salvation, and they don't. He's trying to rob you of that freedom that God has given you. I hope this has encouraged you tonight. <clears throat> Sometimes we need to be reminded that we've got it a little better than everybody else. You know, not everybody can can have the same kind of uh, feeling of freedom in their heart. They they are in bondage to everything that's around them because they haven't accepted that freedom that Jesus provided for them. Y'all stand with me and we'll close. Dear Heavenly Father, I just Lord, I come to you tonight and I just thank you for this word, Lord. Oh, Father, I, I thank you for that freedom you provided us, Lord. It's so good to know that we can just come to You and in a moment's time be forgiven of anything we've done wrong. Father, we don't have to go kill a calf and and put it on an altar and burn it. We don't have to do all those ritualistic things that were part of the law, Father. We're free from the bondage of the law through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Father, and I thank You for that. I give You praise and honor and glory tonight, Father. You are worthy of praise. Thank You for that freedom and that liberty that You've provided us. Thank You for the ability to live our lives knowing where we're going to spend eternity. Father, that eternal assurance. Knowing, Father, that there is nothing in this world, nothing in this life that can separate us from Your love. It's a wonderful feeling, Father. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing how You did it, Lord. I don't even understand all of it, Lord. I just know that you, you, <laughs> you moved in ways that nobody else could even see coming. Lord, I just thank You and praise You tonight. I thank You for this Word, Lord. I thank You for everything You've done. I ask that You go with us this week, Lord. Keep us safe and, Lord, help us to be a witness to somebody this week. Help us to let somebody else know about the freedom and liberty that they're missing out on. Lord, I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.